Welcome everyone to episode one of Side of the Storm. My name is Evan Westling and I am joined by my co-host Mr. Brandon Ness and today uh, we're going to go in depth of just our overall thoughts on Iowa State's upcoming 2022 football season. So we're going to go ahead and uh, check out just um, our record predictions, thoughts about the Big 12, Iowa State in general. Uh, So yeah, with that we're going to get started. Um, Obviously last year Iowa State uh, had... A, a disappointing season. There's no other way you can put it. They went from a team that, saw, even though very, very bold, um, people thought this was a team that could potentially grab that four spot in the college football playoff. A lot of people expected a Oklahoma-Iowa State rematch. Uh, and instead, we got a 7-6 and six Iowa State team that uh, ended up in the Cheez-It Bowl, losing to Clemson 2013 and ending that record 7-6. and six. Obviously, you guys know the narrative if you're listening. And uh, Iowa State's replacing a lot of talent. Um, We've seen basically most of the same guys for the past three seasons. And so it's going to be really different. Uh, Lots of talent is going to be on display this year. uh, But most of that talent just hasn't got the opportunity to play. So I think our predictions are, well, definitely beginning of the year, you could see some losses that I think this team could, by the end of the year, could probably get. But I think at that point, they just won't have a lot of experience. But uh, with that, we're going to start off with the uh, Southeast Missouri State Redhawks, and we'll toss it over to Brandon. Let me just say here first before we get into the Southeast Missouri State Redhawks, I am so glad we don't have to play you and I this year. That feels no like kidding. a game that this team could very easily drop, as they have in years past. But I think this would be a fairly easy game where we get to see a lot of the new guys and some of the names we haven't heard about yet. So I think this is a fairly easy win for the Cyclones in game one. Yeah, no doubt. I have the Cyclones starting off 1-0 as well, and you get it perfectly. You and I is just I'm sick of playing them. It's a game where it's it means everything to those you and I Panthers because they wanted to go here, they wanted to go to Iowa, and these schools didn't recruit them, so it's everything to them, and I don't know. If the rumor's true about Iowa State not bringing out the playbook, I don't really know what it is, but it's just it's not a fun game ever. I don't really know if I believe the don't bring out the playbook thing. As close as the games have been in the past, going into double, triple overtime, whatever yeah, it, was it was two triple, years ago, yeah. you've got to bring it out at that point. Because at this point, you're looking at a playoff game, especially last year. So I, I don't know if I believe in that narrative, but I do think Southeast Missouri is a nice layup for this team to start off the year, and that hasn't been in years past with you and I. So we'll move on to Iowa ne- game next. Yeah, so obviously... Uh, Iowa State hasn't had a luck against the Hawks uh, seven years without a win there. Um, unfortunately, I don't think this is Iowa State's year. Not to say that we couldn't do it. Uh, I think we just both kind of were in the same spot where until we beat them, we're not going to pick Iowa State to do it. Um, I think I, I definitely obviously had Iowa State winning last year, uh, and we saw how that went. So, again, I think, you know, kind of going back to that the Southeast Missouri game, I think that's a game where we're going to see – I really think, and I'll just say this now, I think it's going to take a while before we really see Hunter Deckers. I think they're going to try to ease him in, and even though the running backs are like behind Jirel Brock, it's going to be most likely a running back by committee, so uh, probably that trio of Sanders, Silas, and the freshman Norton, I think those three will kind of back up Brock, but I think they're really going to rely on the run game to kind of ease in Deckers. Um, but I guess, again, with that, you're playing an Iowa team 
they always I mean they Iowa will always constantly dominate the line of scrimmage, both sides. They always win in the margins. They're whether you like it or not, they're who Iowa State wants to be as a program. Matt yeah. Campbell and Kirk Ferentz are very similar people. I think Iowa State could be in this game for three quarters and it could just end up being a really ugly nine six game like we've seen in the past. It's gonna be all come down to field position again with their punter who's just you know, on the one-yard line, punt after punt. And I think this could really be a good chance to see what this Iowa State team looks like against Big 12 competition, even though it's a slightly different style. It's the same type of difficulty game as you see with the Baylor-Oklahoma later on in the season. Yeah, and I think, like, why just what what uh, you were saying, it's this is not only – I mean, obviously I'd love to win it, but this is a huge one just to get guys' experience before Big 12 play. Because, you know, Southeast Missouri and Ohio should be two pretty easy wins where they can kind of – Again, ease in players and kind of test out to see, like, which guys are working with who. Um, but, again, Iowa is going to be a game where, I mean, I don't, I don't know that I, – I don't know it off the top of my head, but I know the turnover differential between us and Iowa the last four games has been, like, absurd, and Iowa's just, like, completely dominated. And they play the game where they don't make mistakes, and you lose the second you do. So, um, hopefully we can grab the win in Iowa City, but we both have the Cyclones at 1-1 one and one and moving to Ohio. Just one more thought on that Iowa game real quick. That's the type of the game where with this new style of offense that we think we're going to see, we can't fall into the trap of playing into Iowa's game like we have in past years. So you really just want to try to air it out a little more, and now that we have a bigger arm with Hunter Deckers, I think that's a possibility. Yeah, no doubt. And then obviously we touched on this a little bit. Don't need to go hugely in-depth on Ohio again. Should be a game where we see some, we get, we get more familiar with those new faces and new places. Um, I mean, I, I there's not much to say on that one. I think if if you drop Southeast Missouri State or Ohio, uh, this the season's gonna go down the hill real fast. Yeah, I agree. And this is one of the games where you just can't look ahead to the next game being Baylor. This is an easy spot to do that with. Especially with the early part of the schedule, you see Iowa or you see Ohio as kind of a Southeast Missouri State type of opponent, even though they're a MAC team and they are slightly above them. It's just an easy team to overlook, and you can't do that. It should be an easy win, but we'll see once it comes down to the game time what it looks like. Yeah, and then obviously, uh, first week of Big 12 play being Baylor once again. This time we are in Ames. Um, I think this is a game. Uh, I love that it's in Ames. Uh, one thing I will say is that this flip-flops every year for Iowa State, but they really have this. So this season and then also the year that Iowa State did go to the Big 12 title, that schedule is super favorable in terms of, yes, you get that extra home game. Um, you're, you're not one of your four of five. One of your four Big 12 home games is in Kansas. Um, and you get a lot of those 50-50 games in. You get those in Ames. Uh, and then obviously kind of the, you know, the, the the top four teams most likely, uh, I guess what what we would expect, and we'll again we'll go into that later. But uh, that that split between Oklahoma, Baylor, and you know Texas, Oki State, you get two at home, two on the road. But either way, Baylor is a game where I think Iowa State. If this was later in the season, I'd feel a lot better. I just don't know. Um, I mean, we still don't. We have a lot of question marks about this team, and so I guess I don't really know what to expect going into this game. I think I will give us a big preview, and I think that's the same to Baylor. The week before, no, I think it, I think it's week two. They go to BYU week two, and that'll be a big test to Baylor to see if Baylor's going to be legit. They lost a lot of starters from that 
the team that won the Sugar Bowl Big 12 championship. Um, I do have Iowa State losing. I think this is going to be really close, uh, but I think just Baylor being the more experienced team pulls it out at the end. Yeah, I agree, and they have a very similar schedule to us to start the year. They kind of have – they start off with Albany, which they should lay up pretty easily. <laughs> then they go out to BYU, which is always just – you don't want to play there, and we're going to see that coming up in 2024, 2025, whenever it is. So they have a very similar schedule where they have a tough game week two, and then they go back for Texas State, which, again, is kind of like the Ohio game for us. And then they come into Ames, and it's just a toss-up game – they're coming off of a Big 12 championship appearance, like you said, so we won't be overlooking them. But there's lots of wild cards for both teams and lots of losses on both sides of the ball for both teams, so it's really just a toss-up game. But I do think Iowa State loses this one by a slim margin. Heading into the next week, Iowa State heads to Lawrence, Kansas, to take on the Jayhawks. Um, you know, at this point, you're 2-2. Two and two. It, it's, it's Kansas. I mean, you love Lance. I <laughs> love Lance Leopold. He's my guy. <coughs> Sorry, but yeah, Brandon loves Lance, and I think if if as long as Kansas gives him time, I think they'll start to become more competitive as we get further on. But as of now, until we're proven wrong, Kansas is Kansas. I think we both have this uh, as a win in our books. Uh, it's sending the Cyclones to three and two. Moving on, this is a crucial game. If if Iowa State now, honestly, and like. I would love to be a you know a team that can make the Alamo Bowl, which I think this team certainly has a ceiling to do that. But all I can hope is that Iowa State can sustain success and make a bowl game. And I think that's that should really be what all Iowa State fans should aim for this year. Um, you can obviously have higher expectations. I just think after having such high expectations last year, um, I'm keeping them definitely down, and I just want to enjoy the season um, and again make a bowl game. Continue to be on that, but. This is a huge game if you do want to get to a bowl game because, um, you know, you're 3-2, and two, and this is a big toss-up game with K-State. Obviously, I think K-State could be kind of similar to us. I think they're getting a little bit of hype. Uh, some people have them. Um, you know, I think Deuce Vaughn obviously being a really good player, um, but a lot of people I've seen kind of have Kansas State potentially nabbing, like, a third or four spot. Um, but I do think Kansas State is relatively similar to us, and we're seeming to get a little bit of that Farmageddon rivalry brewing again. Um, but overall, I think this is a really big test to Iowa State, and um, I love that you know this comes after Kansas, so the momentum's a little high, and you know they've had two really good tests against two good football teams in Iowa and Baylor, and I I think I, I think Iowa State wins this, and simply because it, this one uh, is is at home. So I, I get Iowa State going to forward too. I agree. I love that this game is in Ames. Manhattan's just a place you don't want to play at. But it's really just a wild card. It's a game you really need to win if you're looking at the upper-level bowl games in this. It's not a game that completely wrecks your season, but you need to win it if you're looking at the Alamo or Sugar if we're really getting out yeah. there. But they they have a turnover machine with Adrian Martinez, who's been around for 15 <laughs> years. So it's really just you can't trust them as much nor can you trust Iowa State for that yeah. fact. But it's a swing game on Iowa State's schedule. If this goes downhill, then you're looking at 3-3 three and three going into Texas. I mean, it can go downhill fast if you lose that one. Yeah, and especially, I mean, obviously after Texas there's a bye, but then you also have Oklahoma. So this one is huge in terms of just the trajectory of the season because, you know, you put yourself at 4-2. and two, You realistically, with having, you know, 
some really winnable games like down the road in Tech, West Virginia, and TCU. Uh, you know, you got to win two of those three at minimum and, you know, at least get six and six, the worst case, and you get in a bowl game. But I think Kansas State, like, it, it really has a huge impact on Iowa State season. Yeah, I think we win this one, but you definitely want, don't want to start with two home losses in Big 12 play to Baylor and Kansas State. That's yeah. just something that can't happen, especially when you have higher expectations with Matt Campbell as a head coach. No doubt. Uh, moving on, uh, the Cyclones head to Austin, Texas before their bye. Uh, so at this point, this will be the Cyclones' seventh game, a nice, almost perfect split to the season. Um, you know, I know Iowa State has had Texas's number the last three years. Uh, I just, I, I don't think it, uh, that Iowa State makes it four in a row. And as much as I would love to be Texas another time, I just, I think I. This is mainly because this one is, you know, at, at uh, Texas. I just. Again, there's still so many question marks on Iowa State's team, but I, I just think going into Austin, um, Texas has, I mean, they always have a lot riding on, um, but I think this is really a big one for their program, not not, not, not uh, our game, but just this season in general. And I do think Texas probably does a decent job this season. Um, and again, like I said, we'll talk about that later, but... I do have Iowa State dropping this one probably by about double digits. Not by a ton, but 10 to 14 range. This is a game that can get away with you, get away from you early on if you let it. But they have a new quarterback like a lot of Big 12 teams this year. I do think Texas wins. It's kind of this game where it's talent versus culture. And if you get into the game with them where you're playing bomb after bomb, which Iowa State is prone to this year, yeah. it could get ugly quickly. I think in this game you're really hoping for an 11 a.m. so you don't yeah. have to walk in there at night, which we saw back in 18 when we had kind of a similar type of season with a lot of expectations riding off of that Liberty Bowl, but you don't really know what you have. So I think I think Texas wins this by double digits as well. Uh, then, like like we said, Iowa State gets a bye uh, and then face Oklahoma. Now, this was going to be a Thursday night game, got moved back to Saturday, which both of us are a lot. We're, we're both glad it's on a Saturday again. Um, but like I said, this one, Iowa State four and three. Um, I ex, I I can I'll probably pull this up really quick. Um, but this is a pretty high chance this could be you know a seven o'clock game, a night game for Iowa State, which would be amazing. Um, here I'll if you just want to talk about it real quick when I look this up. Yeah, so Oklahoma's coming off at Kansas for this oh, wow. game, so we're getting their full attention, that's for sure. But. I think for this game, really, it's nice to have a bye week before that. It just gives you a chance to rest up after a Texas game that's more than likely going to be physical. So I think Oklahoma is going to have a bounce back year this year after last year, with which was in many Sooners fans' mind a disappointing season with outreaching the Big 12 championship and all. But this is a tough game, again at home, which – or, yeah, again at home, which is nice. But I don't know. It's – good that it's back to a Saturday but I don't know if the game day atmosphere is going to be enough to pull us over the top against Oklahoma so again so Oklahoma will also have the bye the same week as us so it's basically the same thing unfortunately we just have Texas but what I was mainly looking at was to see Oklahoma's record um they have UTEP Kent State and Nebraska um as their non-cons they go to Lincoln uh then they open up with K-State um, at home, they go to TCU, play in Dallas uh, for the Texas game, and then have Kansas. So most likely, 
unless they fall to Texas. That's probably a one, two, three, four, five, six, six or six and one or seven and zero team that's going to come into Ames. And honestly, so my whole thing for the, I mean, I'm I'm going to say Iowa State takes this one. Now I know that's probably bold in a lot of people's minds. Um, but I truly believe that Iowa State will only lose one home game this season. Um, and I just thought whoever, like, if, if if Iowa State played Oklahoma week one of Big 12 play, I'd have them losing. And if, if like, if, if, I was, if, if the Oklahoma and Baylor game were flip-flopped, I would pick the one on October 29th. Because I just think, you know, again, you're four and three, you're coming off of a bye. This is another big game. Um, and I do think Iowa State can rise and take this one. At this point, you're seven games in. You're eight weeks into the season. You're uh, two months. And by this point, I really hope we've found our group of guys. And I think around now, I think the Texas game is probably where we first see it, maybe even K-State potentially. But I think we really start to see Deckers kind of unleash his cannon. Because um, like I said, I feel like Iowa State's going to do kind of more of a balanced offense you know an occasional deep shot but I don't think they're gonna rely too heavily on it right away and again ease Deckers into the being the starter in and into the college game but I I do think Iowa State can pull it off again this one can go either way I am gonna take Iowa State um again this will be a close game no more than a touchdown I assume it'd probably be less than that but I'm gonna have Iowa State grabbing uh Oklahoma once again now we stick in Ames for another week as we have homecoming against West Virginia. Um, what, what's your thoughts on this one, Brandon? Well, at this point, we're going to know who West Virginia is. Looking at their schedule, they open with Pittsburgh, go to Kansas, or host Kansas, host Townsend, then go to Virginia Tech. So they have two non-conference games that are fairly difficult. Yeah. They already go, go to Texas before we play them, West Virginia, Texas Tech, TCU. So we're going to know a lot about this team before they arrive, and this is a game that could get away from West Virginia very easily if they're already down on the season, if they already have a losing record. And they're a team a lot like us where they're in the hunt for the upper half of the conference. So, and it's a revenge game for last year, obviously. Yeah. Which shouldn't have a Say what we should, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's. I know that a lot of people are going to be, you can't complain about ref and how that plays out and I don't do it a whole lot but last year there was three huge calls that really shift the momentum of the game again I don't want to talk a whole lot about last year but I completely agree with your point it's going to be one that we certainly did not forget I think this is a game we can win by three four touchdowns honestly this is a breakout game for a lot of new guys and I think we really start to see what the team's going to look like not only this year but in years coming yeah I mean I completely agree and I think the atmosphere is going to be great homecoming um and again at this point you would have Iowa State at four and four going to that game. I have them at five and three. Um, but I just I think again and you 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 kind of mentioned this earlier, but a lot of teams with a brand new quarterback. Um, I don't know if TCU is going to stick with Duggan or if they're going to go to Chandler Morris. Uh, but either way, both have played. Now Duggan was obviously the one who had lots of reps. Duggan, I think Morris only Chandler Morris only played like one or two games as a starter. Um, but either way, I think when you're looking across the Big 12, you know, Blake Shapin for Baylor played the Big 12 championship, but that was it. I think he maybe even played the Tech game a little bit. Um, obviously, Spencer Sanders. So there's like two to three returning quarterbacks. Otherwise, Oklahoma's guy, Gabe Davis, or 
Gabriel. Gabe, yeah. Gabriel. Dylan Gabriel. Yeah, That's there we one. go. Gabe Davis on the Bills. Good job, Evan. <laughs> um, uh, you know, obviously, Texas going with Quinn Ewers, K-State, Adrian Martinez, West Virginia, which is kind of why I want to talk about this, JT Daniels, which weird ride from him, USC to Georgia, West Virginia. Weird ride. I like what you did there. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. He, he'll he be interesting to see what, what he can kind of do here in the Big 12. But, again, I agree. This is a game that I think Iowa State can really light it up. And I think this t- they take one. That, I think they take this one pretty handily. Um, and for me, moving Iowa State to six and three. Now, we go. We're into the final three games, and Iowa State heads to Stillwater. Um, and unfortunately, again, I think this is just one Iowa State doesn't win. Uh, out of all the teams in the Big Twelve under the Campbell era, you know, obviously, um, we have like, outside of like, you know, Oklahoma's been Oklahoma. But a lot of teams that I, th- I feel like uh, personally, because most of the time with Oklahoma, it's just a talent gap. Um, and that, that you're going to get that. But like, and I mean, I, I look back at 2018 and we have Zeb Nolan starting at QB, where, whereas mm-hmm. Oklahoma's got CeeDee Lamb, Hollywood Brown, Kyler Murray. I mean, it just goes on and on. Like the talent is extremely different. Um, Oklahoma's just Texas, but more organized, better yeah. coaching. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're both the two like those are the programs that should completely dominate like it should almost always be them in the championships but obviously Oklahoma knows how to run a program unlike uh the people down in Austin. But anyway, um Oklahoma State to me is the team that has honestly given Campbell the most trouble and you could probably argue for K-State too, but they're very similar teams. They're yeah. always right around our record besides last year, I guess, but they're always right around 8 and 4, 9 and 3, 7 and 5. So Yeah. It's one of the teams that, honestly, is starting to feel like a bit of a rivalry coming on. It's oh, not intense quite yet, but it's we've had a lot of close battles. I think the last four games have all been within one possession. Yeah, and so, I think, well, I think we've split, or let's see here, one in eighteen, lost in nineteen, lost in twenty. One, yeah. So we've or two and two over the last four. Um, and obviously, when OU and Texas departs, which I don't think they are, I don't think they're going to leave till twenty five. Probably, I think they're going to stick it out. But again, once you see that leave, I think Oklahoma State, I think Oklahoma State and K State are probably two teams that will probably be Iowa State's biggest rivals. But anyway, getting back to the game, um, again, it's in Stillwater at this point. Oklahoma State probably still trying to make um, a push for uh, you know a spot in that Big Twelve title, as I think there's really three to four teams that are making at that spot again if texas can actually get a culture and a program that should play well considering the the absurd amount of talent they have texas will be in the running and either way i think this is a game oklahoma state for them is a must win to stay in the hunt uh and hopefully make a return to dallas um so again this one is probably another similar to texas you probably lose 10 to 14 just I don't think Iowa State can get this one. I think we're going to disagree a little bit here. I think Iowa State wins this one. Really? In, yeah. So they have Bedlam the next game. Okay. So this is a very much distraction type of situation. They need to stay focused on Iowa State because we're not necessarily a layup yeah. like you would get with a yeah. Kansas or a Texas Tech maybe. Yeah. But they're coming off of last season, which they're very similar to what we came into last season with. They're coming off the Big 12 championship game. They have a lot of high expectations. They want to get back to Dallas again. 
the issue they're going to run into is Spencer Sanders is a lot like Adrian Martinez, where if he turns the ball over, you're going to put yourself in a lot of bad situations. If he keeps his head in the game and doesn't turn it over, you're going to be in a lot of games, and it's just going to come down to one possession. I think this is what this game is going to be like. It's going to come down to field position. And I'm going to look for one of our players to snap one of their dumb paddles that they hit the wall against <laughs> over their leg. But I think we win this by seven or so. Really? I guess I I guess I can see probably more of a like a for me I'm still gonna I think you know I I, I could probably go to like a four to seven range four to ten range in terms of the loss, um, but I don't know I just I mean for me personally I think this is just a team we struggle but I can perfectly see your way too and I think we've kind of both seen different sides with you know Oklahoma and Oklahoma State um, you know Oklahoma is obviously the better team than Oklahoma State in my eyes as of right now obviously. We got a lot of football to see, um, but I think I, I kind of took the game at home against the more talented team, and you're going with the not as good team and probably have a lot more to live up to, but just on the road. So, uh, but now I think that puts us both at six and four. I think we're even right now, yeah. So then heading into the final stretch, Iowa State has Senior Day versus Texas Tech, and I will put this completely on the like Iowa State's not losing this game; they're not losing. And you hope not with it being homecoming at all. Well, no, senior day. Senior day, that's what it is. So you really hope not for the remaining seniors. We had a lot of guys graduate last year, but Texas Tech is not going to be very good. No, and and especially, I think, I mean, last year's game was the nail in the coffin. Um, You know, even though West Virginia really felt like the one that was kind of, that kind of put Iowa State out of the race, there was still a chance if Iowa State won out, which, um, you know, if they probably win Tech, that the Oklahoma game is probably a lot more competitive. Yeah. Um, but Tech was certainly the game that put the nail in the coffin for Iowa State season last year. This was one of the more depressing games of all last yeah. year to watch. It was just, they were up a ton to start the I think, game. I think they were up by most 21, maybe more. Their quarterback was starting his first game. Their coach was in his first game yeah. at Texas Tech, and it was just a beat down until halftime and then we had to crawl our way back like we always did last year but and then got back in it and then they drill a 62 yarder and then don't worry the guy goes next week misses a 51 versus Baylor but this game all I'm looking for get ahead early in the first and second quarter and then in the third quarter let's try out one of our new kickers who nobody really knows who's gonna start again we're we're just waiting for this this depth chart we're hoping uh again we're recording this a little early but we're hoping it out we're, we're hoping this is out the week before Iowa State's first game, which is when we're currently recording. But either way, still no update on the depth chart. It could be out by the time this is posted, but uh, we're, we're definitely curious to see that. Yep, all I'm looking for in this game is we need to put our kicker on the 53 and see if he can make it. <laughs> yeah. That's just straight penniness out of me, but I do think <laughs> we win this game by double digits. I think this could definitely be similar to West Virginia. I just think – I actually, I can really see this being a lot like TCU's senior day the senior day versus TCU last year I just think this one has a little bit more of a a revenge-ish feeling but also just um like you pointed on Iowa State lost a lot of seniors everyone knows that um but Iowa State's not gonna lose as much but you're gonna see the biggest leaders on this team leave you're gonna see X and Will McDonald and Anthony Johnson Orion Vance uh there are uh, obviously more guys. But, a lot of old linemen. Yep, Trevor Downing. I think those five guys are really your leaders for this year. Uh, it's actually kind of funny. I'm pretty sure those are the five on the poster. Yep. It is, yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I think those five, they're your huge leaders. 
And I, just, I think this is a game I would say just really this I is, don't see him losing. Yeah. This is a game where we can control the line of scrimmage and a lot of games we can't. So yeah. Texas Tech, they're usually got a lot of skill guys. Being from Texas, they got good recruiting ground, but they usually struggle in the trenches. So hopefully we can win the field position and win the trenches, and hopefully we can come out of this with a solid win going into TCU. Yep, and with that note, we head into week 13 uh, against the TCU Horned Frogs in Fort Worth to end the season. Now this is, obviously we both have Iowa State at 7-4 and four now. And this one, I could see Iowa State, I mean, I, the, TCU is always a weird one. This for the first time in forever, there's no Gary Patterson calling the plays. That's sad. Love Gary. Yeah. Um. So, and they're got it's the the old SMU guy, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um. So this one will be interesting. Again, TCU is one of those teams where if their season's done, they're just mopey. I mean, we saw that last year. Yeah. And again, we played them final game. This is obviously going to be their senior night. Um. But what would I guess we'll go into Big Twelve records here later. But what do you have TCU at while we're at it? I have TCU at five and seven. And this could easily flip based on this game. I actually have TCU winning this game with it being their senior day. I think their new coach still has a lot to prove at this point. So you're not going to see a mopey TCU like we did last year at Jack Trice, where they're just getting ran over and yeah. spun around by Brees Hall. But <laughs> I do think they win this in the narrow margins. This is going to be one where we look back on the season and it's just shake your head i wish we would have won this that would have put us up to x bowl game and this is one that's gonna hurt i think in the end i think this is i i agree this is definitely one that can go either way i'm gonna be a i think i I will take iowa state to win this one um now eight and four does seem like a little high again i think iowa state ceiling could be even larger i think this is a team that could i in terms of games i just really don't see iowa state winning the two ones that just stick out to me are Iowa and Texas. I just, I mean, if if Iowa State pulls them out, don't worry. Those are two of the teams I want to beat the most. Yeah. Um, but I just personally don't, I don't see Iowa State winning them. And a lot of that is not, I mean, obviously we struggle with Iowa. I mean, like we've had Texas number the last three years. I think it's more of the placement of the games. And obviously both being on the road definitely puts Iowa State in a bit of a hole. But um, I will have Iowa State beating TCU. I think this is a game that really comes down to the end, and Iowa State probably wins by a field goal or just a little bit more than that. Um, so Brandon has Iowa State going 7-5. and five. I have Iowa State going 8-4. and four. Both those records honestly can put Iowa State in the range from Texas to Alamo. Yeah, um, and both of our records are above the over-under win point, which is 6.5. So yeah. Obviously, there is bias here. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, this is Sigh of the Storm. This is an Iowa State podcast, and that's probably why I have Iowa State going 8-4, and four, which because the one thing that we have learned with Iowa State, there's going to be a game where they shouldn't lose and they just drop it. And on the counter, there's going to be a game that we, we should win, lose. Yeah. and we, we end up winning. Yeah. So, I mean, either way, Iowa State kind of has that, and again, like we said, there's bias, but th- those are kind of our thoughts on Iowa State's season. Um, but we won't go too in depth because I know this has been a little, probably a little longer than we planned. Um, but we'll quickly kind of dive into um, over our, our overall thoughts from the Big Twelve. Now, Brandon got the record for everyone. This is his prediction. So um, I don't have an exact one, but they're they're very similar. Obviously, records could vary, but placements are pretty similar for both of us. Yeah. So 
I think Oklahoma has a bounce back year this year, as I said earlier on in the podcast. I think they go 11-1 and one just outside of the playoff picture, but this is a bounce back year with a new coach. They're just You see what they got. They got talent all over the place. They bring in a ton of transfers as they had a lot of guys leave, so it's just reestablishing that culture at Oklahoma. I think Baylor makes a second appearance in the Big 12 championship two years in a row. I think they go 9-3. and three. They have that weird BYU game week two. I think that one for them is a huge... I think the BYU game, not to say like one game can completely determine your season, and I don't think you lose that game that changes how you are because obviously you can lose that one and still have a really good record in the Big 12 and still make the Big 12 title. But I think that game really gives us who Baylor is. Now again, that that the, the BYU game is week two. And there's been plenty of years, even though we still can't beat Iowa, there's plenty of times where I say that if we play you in November, I feel a lot better than playing them right away. That's the classic argument we always give. Yeah. I'm like, oh, doesn't matter. Six in a row. Whatever. But either way, I still feel like that BYU game will be really telling of the Baylor that we'll probably see. Yeah. Past Baylor, I think it's I have Oklahoma State also at nine and three, so that would be Baylor beating Oklahoma State in the tiebreaker to make Dallas. And then right behind them, I have Texas, yeah. which... Which this is, I think, I don't... I mean, people can complain about this one. That's perfectly fine, because I don't really blame you. Uh, Texas coming off 5-7 and seven with a... Un, like, they always have a top-notch recruiting class, so for them to go 5-7, and seven, especially when you lose to Kansas at home, that's not acceptable. It's just... I mean, for Texas especially, but with a team at that kind of standard, you can't lose those games, and you can't really miss bowl games... I mean, even Tom Herman, I think, made a bowl game every single year. I actually don't think he ever lost a bowl game, now that I think about it. Yeah, that's the one stat he has that's actually possible. Yeah, but um, I, I, I do think it, I, I completely agree. I think, I think you have to think Texas will be good. Like, and if they, and again, if they underperform once again, which if they do, everyone in this world will be super pumped. But I think it, you just gotta, you gotta put Texas up there. Um, we, I mean, no one really knows how good Ke- Quinn Ewers is. Obviously, he was the number one ranked uh, quarterback for the class of 2021, transferred over from Ohio State. Um, so he should be good. And, again, they have pieces like Xavier Worthy on on offense and then, you know, guys that come to mind on defense, you know, Overshown, the safety linebacker. They, they I mean, they got plenty of other really good talents. They have big boys on both offensive and defensive line. So, Texas is a team that we're going to have to predict to do good, but we want them to fail. Texas is a team also that if they start good, they're most likely going to end good. They have this weird, bizarre ego about them that if they think they can do it, they probably will. Yeah. But as we saw last year, they lost, what, five straight? Yeah, and and that's kind of weird to think about because, you know, they were 4-1 going into Oklahoma, and they went up like 21. Yeah. And then Caleb's, Caleb Williams went in and completely shifted that game. And then from that point on, I think they lost to Oklahoma. And I don't know these like in particular in a row, but I know they lost to Oklahoma, us, Okie State. Kansas. Kansas was one, but I think there was another one. Baylor? Uh, yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah. They lost to Baylor in there, so too. They so had, I think they lost those five in a row, and I think they ended with a win against K-State. But either way... Um, I completely agree. They just, they're a team that can really turn it on. They just have an avalanche effect, either positive or negative. But yeah. the good thing about Texas this year is I believe in Sark personally. I can see why everybody doesn't. But 
they have talent everywhere, which means they have competition everywhere throughout spring practice, throughout fall camp. So I think there's they're going to be much improved this year, but it could really go either way just depending on how they start. Yeah, and I'll say this real quick and then you can keep going, but I think they can get mauled in this game, but I don't think people understand how crucial playing Alabama will be. You can get smacked, but that's going to be big for them. Yeah, the key for them is they're not going to beat Alabama. No, it's not going to happen. They're not going to beat Alabama, but if they keep it close for three quarters, three and a half quarters, that then we're probably going to get a good Texas team. Exactly. Going into number five, this is where I have Iowa State. This is where I'm going to go into floor and ceiling for Iowa State because I think it is a big thing this year. Yeah, because I mean the big thing is nobody knows. Yeah, I mean we you know we predicted a seven five and eight and four season with a couple toss up. I think the reason we have those we have Iowa State's record where it's at is specifically due to the time of like like where the games landed on the season and the location you saw a lot you know outside of like k-state in terms of toss of games that was game six i think i think k-state was game six outside of them most of your 50 50 games are in Ames, and they're on the back half of the season um, but if if Iowa State if because like we said this Iowa State has lots of talent they just don't have a lot of game experience and so we're kind of banking on the fact that this talent comes through and Brandon knows this and a lot of people who know me know this I am one of the biggest Brock Purdy supporters in the world even when I shouldn't be <laughs> um, <laughs> like when everyone is against him I was always for him no matter what. But I can say this, as one of the biggest Brock Purdy fans, I think Hunter Deckers has a ceiling miles higher than Brock. Yeah, and I'm pretty much the opposite of you. <laughs> You're a lot more optimistic than I am. Yeah. I'm pretty pessimistic. I, I'll i say this now. I was pretty against Brock Purdy for a lot of the year. Yeah. I'm one of the yeah. fans that gets more emotionally invested in the game than they should and after the Baylor game in 2020 where he oh, threw yeah. I was, picks. Yeah, we were, I was losing we, my mind. Yeah, I was we were like, both Deckers. Lo- we were both lucky enough to be there uh, during that season, but I remember sitting there, or while after Brock threw, I think his third one was the pick six, um, and he's just texting me, like, put Deckers in, put Deckers in. I'm like, stop. Like, so many times, like, if any of my friends do this, like, they'll be like, pull Purdy, pull Purdy. I'm like, stop. Like, you guys are, like, but either way, he's also loved Deckers from the moment he's got here, so this is his guy, but uh, either way, um, I do think Deckers has an extreme ceiling, and a big part of that is the deep ball. Yeah. That I mean, we have. I mean, his his arm is a cannon, and I think the one thing that was really put on display in the Iowa game for sure about Deckers was he did a really good job of surveying the field. Um, again, love Brock, but one thing he did a really bad job of was locking in on guys. Now I don't blame him in some stand in like some points, like when you have guys like Hakeem Butler. Charlie Kohler, Xavier Hutchinson, um, especially when he when Brock is a freshman, throwing to Hakeem all the time, it's not a bad job, especially when he's a, an extremely good 50-50 guy. But the main thing Brock did was he really locked in on guys, which costs us sometimes. Um, you saw in the Iowa game, I mean, Decker's really spread it across the field. Um, Even Oklahoma. It in the, yeah, I mean, he just did a really good job surveying the field. And we're also we have an episode plan. Uh, it's either going to be the second or third episode, but just going over rising stars and breakout players. So we don't want to dive completely in to Deckers right now, but um, I'll let you get back to just overall the ceiling and floor. Yeah. So for the floor, I have five and seven. This could, I think, this is about right. Yeah. 
I don't think they go four and eight under Campbell. I don't, no, I can't see that happening. Happening short of major injuries or something off the field happening. Yeah. Obviously, the record I had them at was seven and five. Again, I think it's pretty reasonable. Mm-hmm. Vegas would agree with me at <laughs> six and a half. Yeah. So. I'm right around there, and then ceiling would be nine and three. I think there's definitely three losses on this somewhere. I think there's two pretty much guaranteed. And we said it with Iowa and Texas. Yeah, and then it's just kind of if you can pull out between. At that point, it comes down to you're gonna you lose win one game. of the three. You win two of the three between Baylor, Oklahoma, and Okie State. Right. And that's what it comes down to. You're gonna lose a game you're not expecting, or you go into and it's a fifty-fifty, and you just end up on the wrong side of the coin or whatever. Yeah. So that's where I have Iowa State's floor and ceiling, but. Moving into number six, I have K-State tied with West Virginia. So West Virginia at seven with K-State getting the tiebreaker over them. Mm-hmm. So both at six and six, I think this is fairly reasonable. K-State, like we said earlier, is a wild card with quarterback, but they have a stud in Deuce Vaughn. I think that gets them to a bowl game. Yeah, no doubt. West Virginia, Neil Brown. <laughs> love the guy. You love Neil and Lance. I well, love let's Neil get, and If Lance. anyone, we, we just got to get that straight. He loves... Lance Leopold and Neil Brown. So Two just... of the worst teams in conference by my predictions. <laughs> just saying. Yeah. I'm not always right. I'll yeah. Let me say that. Very true. More times, not that I'm <laughs> wrong. But. Number eight, TCU. New coach. Number it nine, just, yeah. Texas Tech. New coach. Yep. Number 10, Kansas, because they're Kansas. Yeah. So Kansas 2 and 10, Texas Tech 4 and 8, TCU 5 and 7. That's how I ended off my predictions. Yeah, and you know, obviously, I don't have game by or complete records and whatever, but um, there's not about nothing I really disagree on. Even with Iowa State being at eight and four, um, I would still have Texas around that range, and Texas would get the tie record because they beat us, obviously. Um, but yeah, I think well, I will say Baylor to me is the big big toss up. I would not be shocked to see either Texas and Baylor swap or Okie State and Baylor swap. So I think Baylor's could be around fourth place to fifth place, or they're going to make a return to Big 12 championship game. That's just where they're going to be at. And like like we've been saying, it's a very similar storyline to the 2021 Iowa State Cyclones for yeah. Baylor. Baylor and Kansas State are definitely the swing games that your season can kind of lean on the edge of. Yeah. Quickly on Kansas, by the way, what is their scheduling doing? Why do they play Houston and Duke? You're Kansas. You're terrible. At get least as get many you to wins one. as you can. Yeah, because at this point you're aiming for Tech and TCU. I mean, what are we doing here? You're playing a top 25 team in the non-con? Yeah. That's just ridiculous. I won't go on about Kansas for <laughs> too long or we're going to be here forever. But those are the predictions, Big 12 predictions, Iowa State predictions. Yeah. I think we were fairly reasonable, even with a little bias. Yeah. I mean, maybe, again, I think I put Iowa State kind of closer to their ceiling where Brandon kind of kept it more to – I think seven and five is probably the more realistic, and even though eight and four is only one game, I think that's me being a little more optimistic and reaching towards the ceiling a little bit. Uh, but either way, um, I hope you guys enjoyed episode one of Sigh of the Storm. Uh, we're gonna continue to plan. Um, obviously, the the goal right now is to do a preview for uh, the game of the week and post at the beginning of the week, and then also have a reaction to the game. Um, sometime probably either that Saturday or Sunday or Monday just depending on how things go um, and then we also have stuff in between like we said uh, Breakout and Rising Stars we're hoping to do that soon uh, and make sure you guys go ahead and follow us on Twitter um, so you just look up Sigh of the Storm if you guys want to follow more stuff we'll post stuff on there but yeah I hope you guys enjoyed episode 1 if you did subscribe to the podcast and everything 
give her a like. Uh, and yeah, roll clones, baby.